Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So PK's down at Pac-12 Media Day, and they run through all the coaches and a couple star players from each team, except he didn't get Arizona coach Jed Fish. Something came up, there was a conflict, they had to hustle him away to do something else, and he was just about to do radio with PK, and he said, but I'll get you. So... We spent the last month trying to book Jed Fish, and we thought we'd get him. PK said, the way he said it, I really believed him. He is going to do this interview. But then it plays out over the days and weeks. We don't get him. You're like, yeah, he's the Arizona coach. What does he care about Salt Lake Radio? And then Yak gets, was it an email or a call, Yak? It was an email. He gets the email. Jed's available. Jed Fish, Arizona football coach, coming up later today in the show. Perfect, because obviously Arizona in the South will play Utah, uh, but they also have the season opener with BYU. So, we'll talk with him. Interesting guy. He's coached all over the country, both coasts, every corner of the country, the whole bit. Finally gets a shot here as a head coach. He's been in the pro ranks. He's been with the Rams. He's been with the Patriots. Um... And he, he went to the same high school as PK's sister. He's a Jersey guy. He's a talker. So we'll see how this goes with him. Uh, coming up later this morning. Also coming up today, uh, David Locke. Seen some stuff about uh, clubs and their free agent moves getting graded out and uh, the Jazz getting, getting a lot of love. So we will uh, we'll get into that with David Locke. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take a break here, but coming up next, we're going to talk University of Utah football. Frank Dolce, the two deep came out um, yesterday. The quarterbacks are set. It's Brewer. All four running backs are listed as or, 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 all their names in bold. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, we'll talk a little U football with Frank. We'll do that next. And then with the Cougars, we got Kalen Hall coming up. Former BYU running back, his son Jaron, is now the starting quarterback. So, that's what's on tap today. We'll get to Frank next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in Frank Dolce, our Utah Utes insider, former Utah quarterback, joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ, PK from the South Bay. Sup? Man, it's great to, uh, it's great to catch up with you guys again. It's great to be caught up. It is so close to the start of football. You are ready. All all ready. I'm always ready. I was really hopeful that the AAF uh, hashtag full speed ahead was going to this was going to be something because I liked spring football. I liked having Weber State play football in the spring. Um, but I guess we're going to go back to we're going back to normal. So it's just going to happen in the fall again. So when you see Brett McMurphy projecting Utah to the Rose Bowl, yeah, 
Is that a little more than you had in mind for them? You think that's about right? It's uh, There's three or four teams, and it's a wild scramble at the top, so Brett could really write anything, any one of those three, four, five teams in there, and you'd be okay with it? What are you thinking when you see that? I think that maybe it says more about the Pac-12 than it does about uh, Utah and where all those teams fit. So Utah certainly has this consistency under Coach Whittingham, and like say, say, it feels like the same thing we've talked about for a long time with Utah. They'll bring de- they'll bring a defense to start, and then maybe try and figure out a little bit of what's happening on the on the offensive side. And I do like that Coach Ludwig is there for his third year. I think that is enormous on the offensive side, but. A little. I still feel like there's a little uncertainty about how that offense per, will perform. We just don't have the same kind of feeling about, you know, hey, Utah's defense is going to be solid. They replaced some guys. They kept some guys. They're super athletic in the back end, so we're going to be fine on defense. Um, but how are you know how are we going to be on offense? Running back by committee. A very accomplished quarterback, but still breaking in a new quarterback who probably doesn't have the same type of assets around him that he had at his previous stop. An offensive line that's a little bit of a question mark right now. He does have two really good tight ends, so I think that's a big bonus. But question mark on the offensive side. So so back to your point of, yeah, to, I, I believe that this is a Utah team that that could make the Rose Bowl and finally go down to USC and, and win at the Coliseum and and come out with a maybe a one-loss record in Pac-12 play. Um, but it probably says, you know, as much about the Pac-12 as it does about Utah. Really bugs me with this Charlie Brewer. You know, he has all these stats coming over from Baylor, and we've heard so many media folk in their preseason talks about the Utes say, well, you know, they're they're getting a quarterback who hasn't been this accomplished and going into the season, blah, 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 and maybe going into the season. But it's hard for me to imagine that he's going to be better than what my man Tyler Huntley was as a senior because it's just a couple years ago, but it seems like we forget that kid was really, really good and deserved to be in the Heisman conversation. So it's hard for me to imagine that the offense is going to be better than it was in 2019. I don't imagine that. I mean, I'm in, I, I'm, I fully align with your thinking on that. Like, I, I think all of the stats that Brewer brings in, I think the way that he's practiced and the stuff that we see on film, all of that looks really good. And But I just am not willing to, to make a statement about where he fits in the, U, in the history of Utah quarterbacks um, until we see him, you know, under the lights in a, in a Utah uniform under that scenario with, with Utah's offense running down the field. So... I think that it, there's lots of hope uh, based on what he's done and the, based on the way he's managed everything so far. But um, I would still put the productivity of Huntley. He had that stretch where, you know, he was completing like 75% yeah. of his passes. Right. And, you know, and Utah was rolling down the field. Now, he did have the luxury of, of a guy named Zach Moss who sure. was averaging almost six yards a carry. And that's. I mean, that's the quarterback's best friend is a strong running game, and, and Tyler Huntley certainly had that. 
but Ludwig was able to to manage him appropriately, and so I, I think that's probably the highlight in recent Utah quarterback history. And hope I, I mean I'm hopeful that Brewer can get to that point. It all the everything that we see about him points to the fact that he could get to that point, but. I'm just not willing to say that, say that until we see it. So you're not ready for him to guarantee that he's going to average like 10 yards an attempt and uh, five touchdowns for every pick the way Tyler did? Uh, well, to, to be honest, I mean, that, that's, those are fa- fantastic stats. I like, the, I like the five touchdowns for every pick. That's, mm-hmm. and, and I know that you know, Coach, everybody knows that Coach Whittingham abhors – Interceptions and turnovers, so that would that would be probably at the top of his list. I would like to see. I mean, uh, I think that yards per attempt number, yards per completion number, probably is something that could be um, managed a little upward. I think that would be helpful. But if 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 Utah has uh, like they traditionally have had a strong running game and managing the line of scrimmage, then then all you really need is ten yards. Per, per, was that per attempt or per completion? I'm not sure. What, it, it says Y slash A, 10 yards attempt is what I per, took. Per attempt, yeah. yeah. 10 yards per attempt. So if if all of the other factors are in place, then completing 70-plus percent of your passes and 10 yards per attempt is going to be pretty good. <laughs> oh, um, for sure. But we just have to see, yeah, we'll just have to see if, if the running game um, develops the way that it has in the past. So this running game really intrigues me because I've been in this market now for 28 years, and it's probably not the case, but it seems like they've had 28 1,000-yard rushers because they always run the ball. <laughs> and I'm sure there's been a few that hasn't happened, but I can't remember them, or as I can rename the running backs, roll off the tongue. And I mean, I think they would have been picked first if the tragedy to the young fella Taylor, Tyler, Tyler, yeah, Jordan didn't happen, Um, but obviously it did. And so, the unusual aspect of the training camp so far has been four guys. And how are they going to find a starter? from four guys because it seems they keep telling us that you know they're all right there and so if they're all right there then they're all going to get a shot I would think maybe not and how's it going to be that they could go with four guys because you look at the tradition of the Utah running back position it may start out as a competition even last year with Ty Jordan started out as a competition but by the second or third game, there was no longer a competition. It was his job, and it was going to be his job for the next three years until he went off to the NFL. So I'm wondering how they find somebody to emerge, or do you think it's possible to have this rotation? If you have the production that equals a super running back, it doesn't matter, but is it possible to be able to have that when you're juggling guys in and out? Or do they need that one dude, and how are they going to get to that point? Yes. There's lots of, lots of good questions in there. One is I think we have to go back and, and recognize that Utah never has a starting quarterback at the start of a season. Zach Moss wasn't a starting running back. Excuse me, running back. Zach Moss wasn't a starting running back. Devontae Booker wasn't a starting running back. All of those guys had, were in this running back by committee scenario until two, three games in, and then everybody was like, wait, 
Well, that's the guy. It was an obvious thing. That's the guy. Right, but I'm wondering, and, can it be done out of four? So, it doesn't seem like they had four to choose from in the past. I, 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 I mean, I think that the four, the number four is kind of a, hey, we have four guys here competing for the job. Inside the ropes, I'm guessing it's more like, okay. hey, we have these two guys. So it's a little coach. And we have, these other, we, other, we have these other two guys. Yeah. We're pretty good, too. But, you know, we have four guys. Okay. So I, I think that we'll, we'll go into probably two or three, maybe more, three games into the season, and somebody will emerge. You can't have running back by committee with four guys in game scenarios. That just won't work. I've never seen a running back who can be productive with 12 carries a game. I mean, that just that just doesn't happen. Right, right. So the, the best running backs need 20-plus carries a game. Yeah. And so maybe you could manage, if Utah's running the ball 40 times a game, which is reasonable, maybe you could manage a two-guy rotation. But three. once you get into three and four yeah. guys, unless you're using one as – as you know, the the guy that just is a little different than everybody else, it just doesn't seem to work. So I could see a two man rotation, but I think one of those guys is going to emerge two or three games. Well, in. what DJ's going to tell you is Frank. They've got those two cream puff <laughs> games at the start to figure it out. Yes, yes, yes. Wait for the big game two. three. <laughs> game three is huge. Two, two. Cream puff games to start. Yeah. Which were which were those? Well, you got we were you BYU. to get ready for the trip to Carson, California, Wait. the legendary venue and the home of San Diego State temporarily <laughs> while they build a new stadium and they have a mediocre coach. So PK's just actually messing with you. <laughs> the youths are going to blow San Diego State off the field. He knows I don't like well, I don't like this coaching hire. I think they're going to be a 500 team. Blah, plus, blah, I was blah. disrespecting the Cougars because I knew I was trying to get oh. in good with Frank. Oh, got you. I thought you were disrespecting <laughs> Jay Hill and Weaver State, and I would take offense to that. Okay, a harder first game, and then a cream puff second game. <laughs> and then a walk over third game. Jay Hill's my guy. Listen, I hope that Utah goes down to San Diego and, and takes care of business. I remember the days. I hope they go to San Diego, too, because then they'll forfeit because they'll be in the wrong county. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well,. So I remember when when we went down to San Diego. We've had rough times. Utah's had rough times with San Diego. Alex Smith got just threw his first interception and got sacked twice in his first three snaps. Welcome home. When he, when, yeah, when he was brought back to to San Diego. Who was who was uh, Mark Dan McGuire? Remember Dan McGuire, yeah. the six nine quarterback yeah. at San Diego State. It seemed like he threw for a thousand yards. When we went down and played wow, that's San a lot. Diego State, that's, that's better that's than Charlie of, Brewer. <laughs> that's a lot of yards, and and McGuire didn't have the background of, of Brewer, so I mean, big things for Brewer coming up. But but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I hope I hope that Utah can can manage San Diego State. Do, do you remember Ron McBride's walk off interview after they missed a late kick to win what the game and an extra point in overtime? That's, and Frank gave it, didn't he? Was that, that I didn't give the interview. That was uh, probably Sharif. That, that may have been Sharif. Sharif. Shaw on the I think it was Sharif. Yeah, that and, was and, the onus of 
never doing a walk-off interview with Coach McBride again. He didn't get to k- He stopped short of the k- <laughs> oh. 85% of the way to a disaster. Wait, I'm live. I can't say that word. He was moments away. He pulled back. Away. <laughs> he did. I remember oh, watching him thinking, was... oh, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. But very, I mean, it was kind of appropriate at the time. I think we all felt the same way. <laughs> To your point about the running backs, uh, they went into last season and uh, they had four running backs, but one of them got one carry. So they really had three in the opener. And one guy got five carries and one got seven and one got ten. Yeah, and and are, do any of those running backs remain? Bernard, who got the one carry for eight yards. Oh, Bernard. Yeah. 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 One, yeah the, one other, the other three were Ty Jordan, Jordan Wilmore, and Devin Brumfield. Yeah, I wonder how Wilmore and Brumfield are, are feeling about things. Oh, the they probably with... see who transferred in and probably think they did the right thing anyway. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's true. Anyway, I think the, I think the Utah running back position is uh, – I'm optimistic about it. There's no doubt. I don't think they, they have the same productivity in the backfield they, they had <clears throat> if, if uh, Ty Jordan were still around, but – but I, I'm optimistic about that position group, no doubt. Well, I am too, because I think that part of the deal when they recruit offensive linemen is they place a heavy emphasis on how good you are at run blocking, because that's what they do. And so yeah. they're I don't know who it's going to be. I can't tell you who's going to emerge, but I would be very much surprised if in 10 weeks we don't look back and say, uh, player XYZ emerged just like they always do, whoever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. No no question about it. So Kyle has talked about uh, how talented this team is and seems to have set a high bar here. And when you look the last two times uh, they won the division title, right, in 2018 and 19, they had five guys drafted, then seven. So, So at one point you got like 12 future NFL players on the roster. How many future NFL players do you see on the roster right now? Yeah. Uh, I think I think there you you have uh Keithy on the offensive side. Um he's a he, he's a guy that I think is has that potential. You probably have I, I'd like to see uh, I mean Potential in the defensive backfield, you have that, but I, it's the same thing that we were talking about earlier. You just, it's just potential right now. There's, there's probably two guys on the defensive line that have that, that have that potential. Um, so I, I mean, conservatively, I would say that Utah has three really solid prospects going into the season. Uh, I I kind of I'm on the fence about Britton Covey because I think that in the right scenario he has a shot but but it just he just has to be in the right he has to be in the right situation he's not a universal type of talent uh, so so he has to go to New so, England so he has to go to New England he has to go to I mean I think that New England like Seattle might. Is kind of a, a fit. He doesn't fit with the Raiders, um, you, you know. Maybe, maybe with the Bucks because Tom Brady knows how to use that type of position. 
um, if if Tom, who's who's older, Tom Brady or Britton Covey? There I mean, is that go. the running is that the running <laughs> thing right now? Yeah, <laughs> Tom Britton Covey. We were saying the other day, Britton Covey is the only guy who's uh, a preseason All American in college, but has a pension plan already set up at the <laughs> U. <laughs> so, but I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see Covey. Man, he looks just as energetic as ever, ready to go. So, so maybe. So anyway, I think three, three, three guys. I think that are super solid NFL prospects, and I'm on the fence about about Britton Covey, depending if he gets a shot at the right place. And yeah. and other guys, I'm I think will emerge, and I'm I'm specifically looking at the defensive backfield because I think there's a lot of talent back there. Yeah, and obviously Devin Lloyd is going to just uh, waltz into the NFL. I mean, that guy screams NFL talent. Just he's, looking at him, he's he's darn good. Yeah, he really he is. is. Darn good. Yeah, he's going to have a massive season. He might be a first-team All-American. That wouldn't surprise me in the AP selection. Uh, yeah. We heard this news this week of this alliance. I don't know what degree you've been following it, but I listened to the whole thing the other day, and I mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't put my I put myself on uh, mute so they couldn't hear me, but I'm screaming at the thing as I'm listening because they sent out a a thing that you can a link is what I'm looking forward to be able to do it. So I did it, and I'm screaming at it. What is this? And then a day later, we hear that SC and LSU announce a series to be played or a game to be played in Vegas, and that's outside of this big alliance. I just can't figure out what in the world this alliance is going to do, and specifically. What is what do you think is in the best interest of the Pac-12? Because ultimately, that's what we care about. I I don't know. I mean, it feels pretty kind of reactionary to me. Like um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's really well baked at this point, or or I, I don't know even that well thought out at this point. It feels like. Well, we have to do something, so let's talk about doing this. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I I feel like uh, we're, we're headed down this path. We've all talked about it. Of you know, the Power Five conferences just taking over, taking control of college football, and this feels like the next step in that happening, and kind of leaving just leaving everybody else to fend for themselves. And so I would say that um, and this alliance thing is a reactionary move. I would be shocked if they're not in discussions, conversations with the SEC about how all of it, an alliance, the SEC expansion, about how all of it works together to keep the power players at the top and then just let everybody else kind of do what they can do to to maintain college football. Um, what so and so for the Pac-12, what's in the best interest of the Pac-12 to survive is just to be kind of to remain attached to all of the other power to the, all the other Power Five conference is is that that's in their best interest is to stay attached. I, I'm not I don't think that I mean to say that the Pac twelve is irrelevant is is harsh, but but the Pac twelve hasn't really lived up uh to the other conferences in in, in lots of ways and in, in lots of ways in football, which is you know, significantly important. So uh, that that's my my thought on it is Pac Pac twelve 
kind of on this the side of be, becoming irrelevant needs to stay attached to whatever's happening with the Power Five conferences to, to guarantee the survival of the conference. I think the thing that you want to say out loud is we're not going to let ESPN have this whole expanded postseason. Yeah. We're sending it to bid because CBS, I don't think, I think you were right about the Pac 12 has just been so diminished in football. ESPN will only take games largely. I mean, they're, they'll take the, the Notre Dame game and USC Oregon, but largely they only want to televise Pac 12 games in that last time slot, which means 8.30 kickoffs here. And so they need to yeah. get t- games on the other time. They need to keep CBS, CBS and Fox involved. And CBS and Fox, are they going to stay involved if they don't have a share of the postseason? An expanded, you know, 12 team. Yeah. So yeah. I think that they don't want to say, we're here to outvote the SEC and make sure right. CBS and Fox get playoff games, but they're going to get it, and they're also going to televise our games at times when most of America is still awake. My heavens, doesn't it always boil down to that? Yeah. Like, it, that's just the state yeah. of the union for collegiate athletics football especially it just kind of always boils down to follow the follow the money follow the tv and you'll kind of come up with your answer tv has the money for now but it'll be streaming services soon enough you watch and and those may be you know some of the tv networks may be doing that espn will be for sure uh but it may be somebody else frank we gotta run we will talk to you next week look forward to it man it's great to catch up with you guys looking forward to college football season and and I think we're going, we're talking about doing uh, every Tuesday morning, so that'll be a highlight of my week. There it is. Thank you, Frank. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. There is Frank Dolce. When we come back, Kalen Hall, his son Jared, just won the starting quarterback job. And uh, former BYU running back, and now he'll be cheering for his kid who is the starting quarterback. We'll talk with Kalen next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Welcome in, Kalen Hall, former BYU running back. His son, Jaron Hall, is now BYU's starting quarterback. Kalen joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Kalen, good morning. Good morning. Caitlin, before we jump in too deep here into your son and, and current things, I'm just curious, when you played, did you ever have anything negative to say about pretty boy quarterbacks? <laughs> no, no, because I always aspired to be one, so I was jealous. Therefore, I always looked up to our quarterbacks. So uh, I love the quarterback position, and we had some great ones when I played. They were all great guys, and so it was easy for me to rally around them. So, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that jumped out at me uh, when I listened to the coaches and particularly uh, Jalen speak 
He's talking about how he'd been there for four years, and this is his fourth year. And I think that we forget that he's been in the program, and the, and you know, Aaron Roderick has been there all most of this time. That he's been in the program this long, and it reminds me what what Robbie Bosco told me years ago that when they had the assembly line of quarterbacks, it was you come on campus, you probably redshirt, you back up for a couple years, and then you're ready to go. And we know there was a run there when those guys when they got their chance. They hit the ground running. Uh, as far as Jalen being in the program this long, how much do you think that he is ready? Because even though he doesn't have a ton of experience, he's been around for a good while. Yeah, Jaron has been in the program. This is his fourth year. Um, it's and, and from my personal opinion, it, it definitely helps because you're familiar with the coaches. You're familiar with the system. You're familiar with uh, your surroundings. And you're just comfortable with all things BYU football. Therefore, uh, you don't have to deal with the stresses of learning a, a system. You only are in the position to where you're applying the processes that you've been put in place for X amount of years. And it makes the whole uh, movement of being the guy a lot easier. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, w- I would have to agree with Robbie. Uh, you know, in, in today's era, you know, everyone's concerned about right now instant gratification whereas sometimes it's okay to wait sometimes it's okay to sit and watch Aaron Rodgers had to sit and watch behind uh, Brett Favre for a couple of years and uh, you know he turned out to be a pretty good quarterback so (laughs) Kalen Hall joining us and I'm curious uh, with Jaron how much of an advantage is it to have a dad who played high-level football, and to get that coaching when they're young? And how much is all of that overblown? How did it work out for you and Jaron as, as he progressed? Uh, you know, I, I think it really depends on, you know, how much uh, information and knowledge that, that player has because not every player is a good coach. Uh, and sometimes it's not good to coach your sons. But uh, I will honestly say that since Jaron was eight years old, you know, I was his coach. And, and uh, you know, I, I kind of prided myself in knowing a little bit uh, about the game, and I also took Jaron to people who were uh, more informed at the position than I was. Uh, I always thought that, you know, coming to BYU, I came to BYU because it was a pass-first offense when I was a power-eye back because I always wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to expand, you know, my skill set. Therefore, when my son was growing up, I noticed very early on that, you know, he had some natural talents and gifts throwing uh, balls in general, started off with a baseball and uh, I love Peyton Manning. So the first jersey that Jaron wore was number 18, was Peyton Manning's jersey. Because I always loved the fact that, you know, Peyton could process and disseminate information quickly. And he, uh, he often gave the ball to multiple receivers. You know, he dispersed the ball according to who was open. And, uh, you know, he was a quick study. And, you know, I, I, I was very intrigued with that because, you know, I was, I was a cr- analytical thinker and I always thought about the game, you know, two, three plays ahead. And I got into coaching because, you know, I just love the ins and outs of football. So to be a dad who has a little bit of knowledge, that has a good relationship with your kid, I think is very helpful. I mean, if you go by it the the right way. So, yeah, I, I think there's some pluses and minuses to that equation. 
So one of the knocks on was a couple years ago is he had the injuries. And I'm of the Aaron Roderick school that he's not injury prone. At least he hasn't shown it because it's not where you're getting hit and a routine play. They were the concussion deal. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as him and the injuries being able to make sure that he's healthy? Because in order to play, obviously you got to be out on the field. Yeah, I and, and I agree with Aaron. I You know, there were some – some fluke plays that took place, you know, some bad luck. Uh, Jaron's played football for an awful lot of years. He's never been injury prone. Uh, but what I will say is this, you know, the more information you're able to accumulate and uh, the more uh, football IQ you, you acquire, you know, the quicker things are processed, the quicker the ball gets out, the better choices and decisions you make on the field. But you're going to play football. You're going to be instinctive. And so I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. Uh, you know, a lot of people made a lot uh, to do about that because that's the only thing that a lot of folks have to conversate about, right. you know, considering the body of work and the timeline that he's had on the field. So, no, it's a non-issue in my son's eyes. It's a non-issue in the coaching staff's eyes, and it's definitely a non-issue in my eye. I've been there. I've played. I've, I've had concussions uh, in the past, I've had a couple of over 30 years of playing football. You know, it's just a process that unfortunately happens sometimes, but you can't really put yourself into a position where you need to worry about it. So, Kalen Hall joining us, former BYU running back, father of BYU starting quarterback, Jaron Hall. You say that doesn't concern you. Uh, you are a dad and you do know a lot about football. So, what does concern you? Uh, honestly, <laughs> It really, there's not a lot that concerns me because at the end of the day, things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. Uh, either you put the time in and you put that time and apply it to uh, practical applications of things that are going to help you to be successful. And if you don't put the time in and you don't execute, then you're not going to be successful. So, you know, I, I kind of am a black and white guy when it comes to success or failure because at the end of the day, you can only do so much. Um, and for me, uh, and it's kind of the same thing I told Jaron. I said, I've always had faith and confidence in you because this is a process that we've always talked about since you're eight years old. You know, it's not like we're surprised that you're in the position that you're in. You know, it's the process of allowing things to work out the way ultimately they were supposed to work out. You know, we're a faith-driven family. And if things are supposed to work out the way they have, then, hey, that's what they're supposed to do. And if they're not, then we're going to be okay with whatever comes out of this, this journey that we're on. You know, Jaron's worked extremely hard. Uh, his teammates have worked extremely hard. There are some phenomenal uh, individuals that are in that quarterback room with him. I love those kids. They're all just magnificent young men. But at the end of the day, you can't concern yourselves about worrying about things that are negative. My mindset is always about being positive, about moving forward, about putting your best foot forward, and then being okay at whatever those results may be. So he's a Utah County kid, and obviously you being his father played at BYU. When he was growing up, we hear a lot of these kids who just dream of playing in the stadium and being the quarterback if that's what they should play as their position. Was that your son's situation? Did he dream of being a BYU football player and being the starting quarterback? Absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, it started with his mother and I. You know, we both – uh, participated in extracurricular activities at BYU. Um, then it went on to his older brother, KJ, who was a phenomenal athlete there. Uh, and it was always from 
from my knowledge that he always wanted to be at BYU, and it's just like it's about our, it's about our core principles as 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 uh, people. You know, is the foundation of what BYU is all about. That's who my son is. He is a he is a BYU guy. You know, sometimes you hear, well, this kid is a BYU kid. Jared's always been a BYU kid. You know, <clears throat> and for me personally, you know. Uh, it's it's good for some, it's not so good for others. But for Jaron, he's always been a BYU kid. He's always had dreams of playing and participating and going and attending BYU. And that's just something that, you know, was bred in him from a very young age. And he took it and he ran with it. Uh, and so he's the fourth kid that we have now at BYU. You know, my son Dawson is a baseball player. He'll start this fall. And I have a son, Kyson, who's on a mission. He'll be there uh, after he returns playing wide receiver on the football team. So it's just something that for Jaron, yeah, he, he's always he's always dreamed of being the, the guy, the quarterback, playing in front of 70,000 fans and essentially being a, a instrument in the hands of the institution for a greater good because, you know, he's a very well-rounded young man and he has a higher calling, we believe. And, and uh, you know, we'll just see how that turns out. So given the fact he always dreamed of being quarterback, was it pretty easy to give up baseball, or does he love baseball and that was hard to give up? No, I mean, he, he, I mean he's had a baseball bat in his hand since he was five years old, even before he played football. Uh, he, loved, he loved the sport, um, and he was, you know, was pretty good at it. I mean, some said that possibly he could have gotten drafted, uh, so I hear from several coaches and whatnot. But, you know, it was a difficult choice. But ultimately, you know, he really enjoyed – baseball but he absolutely lived for football i mean so you got to follow your passions and that football was his passion it was tough and difficult choice but uh, something that he knew that he needed to do to put himself in the best position that he possibly could be in so yes it was a difficult decision so i think part of the storyline if you're going to be a byu quarterback is you've got to work with John Beck and you've got to drive to Southern California uphill both ways and all that stuff. How did that go? <laughs> look, I, I don't get into all the melodrama. You know, we don't, you know, we're very simple folks. Uh, at the end of the day, the opportunity came to work out with John. It was an absolute must that we took that opportunity. Uh, Jaron had a phenomenal foundation. Uh, Dustin Smith, uh, his his local quarterback coach, uh, you know, he was with Jaron since he was in the seventh grade, and he did a phenomenal job of getting Jaron prepared to a certain point. Now, John is the master technician of quarterback training. You know, there were some things that we absolutely had to go to John for, and John did a magnificent job throughout the summer of working with Jaron, of putting things to a to a point where you know what. It's a new voice, you know. Maybe some of the things were similar, but he was just getting told them differently. But, man, John did a magnificent job, and he put Jared in a position where, you know what, his mechanics have been honed in. Uh, he, his torque ratio has increased. His velocity and the ball flight off of his hands just started shooting out of his hands. And, I mean, he always had a strong arm, but, man, uh, accuracy has, has been honed in. So, you know what? We took flights back and forth to California. You know, we, we you know, we invested in, 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 in Jaron and, you know, we weren't driving nowhere. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. I'm not, you know, Jaron, to tell you, I, I didn't go to any of them. Actually, I didn't even go with him. But, you know, his wife went out a couple of times and, and uh, Byron Rex and Isaac Rex were very good to Jaron and he stayed with the Rex family and, and uh, but it was a must, and he's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to work with John. John.
Don's a great guy. You know, he, uh, you know, no promises are ever made. You know, at the end of the day, only thing that you can promise is hard work and, and a process to see if things work out the way you want them to. So. So do you want that to be brought up on every broadcast all year long? Will that make you happy? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you know what, again, you know, at the end of the day, what I want to see after every broadcast, BYU wins the football game. That, that's what I want to see. All that other stuff, you know, <laughs> just, just us, you know, I, I don't get into it, you know. And Jaron doesn't get into it. He just wants to work, and he wants to be successful, and he wants the team to win first, and everything else will work out the way it's supposed to. So, because he is a phenomenal athlete, that means he can run, too, obviously. And uh, he can also throw. I think uh, we just got uh, Ralph sent us a text that, that you and hey, your son, the only father's son to run. Uh, uh, KJ was uh, rushing for over a thousand or a hundred yards uh, in a game, mm-hmm. and and so with Jaron having that ability, uh, how much do you think that he's going to be able to use that? Uh, because you know BYU wants to get the ball downfield through the air, but yet Kalen can obviously move on his feet. Yeah. So Jaron has always been a pass first quarterback. Although he's all you know, people have said oh he's a dual threat guy, and you know he can run. He's an athlete, so forth and so on. But, look, he, like, from the time he was eight years old, he's always passed first and ran second. And nothing's going to change. You know, he, he will use his legs when he needs to. I mean, make no mistake about it. Um, Jaron, he can run. Now, he can, you know, defenses get a little too tight. You know, they blitz a little too much and they miss and he slips a tackle. You know, rather than going 10-15, he's going to take it 65-70. I mean, he can run. But at the end of the day, the options are always to distribute the ball to the talent that you have around you. And that's always going to be who he is as a, as a quarterback. You've got to make sure his guys get the ball in positions to where they can be successful, you know, uh, execute the game plan the way it needs to be executed. But bear in mind, if he needs to get up out of there, he's going to have to get up out of there and run. And he has no problem with that. So Peyton Manning was your guy. Was Peyton Manning – his guy, or did he have his own guy? No, you know, he's, you know, honestly, um, his guy has always been Russell Wilson, you know, because of a lot of the similarities uh, that they have. He's always been a fan of, you know, Russell Williams' work ethic, uh, his principles as a faith-driven man, even though he's a uh, mega celebrity, but he's always, you know, kept Christ first in all of his uh, conversations with anyone that's always been like a, a draw for Jaron and the fact that, you know, he's just a lights out uh, all pro quarterback that has overcome some adversities, you know, based on what people have perceived about Russell. And, uh, you know, that that whole um, it embodies who Jaron is. You know, he, he looks at Russell and a lot of things he's accomplished and the things he's gone through. And he's like, you know, what? that's a similar track that I've been on in my life. So Russell is his guy. So how are you going to be in the stands? You going to be nervous? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, who's who's to say? You know, I sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're not. I, you know, my wife will be nervous. Holly will be. But for me, again, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Like I like I told Jared, I was like, son, I, I I'm not nervous about like the quarterback situation. I'm not nervous about the competition. I'm not nervous about the season. I mean, because for me. Man, I've always known that you're going to be where you're at today. I mean, it's like it's a confidence that I've had because I've just I've seen his success. I've seen him, and I've seen his hard work. Man, I've you know a lot of people don't see the things that 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 this young man does, and I see his humility and the fact that you know what he puts the Lord first always. 
and he's just a good kid, and I know there's some good things that are going to come for him here at BYU and for this program. And, you know, I just look forward for the successes for all the young men. So a lot of things have changed since you played. Also, some things haven't. But one thing that's definitely changed is the whole name, image, and likeness thing. Have you given any advice on that? It seems like there's a chance that could be a major plus for a lot of athletes. It also seems like there's a chance it could be disruptive in a locker room that already has issues. We'll probably see that across the country in some places this year. What have you thought about that, and how have you talked to them about that? I mean, honestly, I don't like it. You know, I don't like the name, image, and likeness um, um, scenario that has been, you know, that has been brought up by the NCA, and ultimately that has come through, you know, some outsiders that have decided that this is something that they wanted to utilize to benefit college football. But being that it's there, um, I think that it just needs to be, uh, you know, you just need to be careful about it because at the end of the day, football is a team sport. And, you know, why are the guys that are protecting the quarterback not being uh, benefited as much as the quarterback or the running back or the receivers? I mean, in a lot of places, the quarterback is always well-revered. But, you know, you know, there's 11 guys on the field, always. And I believe that Kalani has done a magnificent job um, of Ohana X and putting, you know, more to life to help and to benefit the sum of the all, which is, you know, all 123 players, you know, with that built bar endorsement that they got, that's just awesome. Who does that? You know, and it's genuine and authentic for BYU. And I just told Jaron, actually, I didn't need to, even need to tell Jaron. Jaron was the type of guy, he's like that. Uh, you know, can you take care of that NIL stuff? I need to worry about football. And, you know, some things are going to come. That would be great. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to win football games. And my brothers and I, need to be able to be comfortable in our locker room and know that, you know, we got each other's back, you know, because monetary things sometimes can come between human natures, right? And uh, it could be something, to your point, that could be a distraction in the locker room. And, and I guarantee it's going to be a distraction. You got more young people thinking about their endorsement deals and not enough putting time into the game, preparation, the extra work, and all the little integral details that it takes to be a team and a unit. But I could say this, those young men over at BYU, I think they've gone by it the right way. Um, they've got a, they have an exceptional good chemistry going. And this NIL thing has not affected those young people over there, at least from the little bit that I've heard and what I've seen. And, you know, i got several nephews on the team, and, you know, I talk to the boys. And so they got a really good vibe over there. So, I mean, I guess it's a good thing on one, on one level. But, again, I think it can get really out of hand. But BYU's done an amazing job of processing uh, the, the, the young people to the point where they're keeping them focused on the right thing. And now bear in mind, Jaron's got some things that are going to be coming out, you know, just because it is what it is. I mean, he's a charismatic young person and, you know, folks want to, you know, utilize some of his talents and skill sets. But, uh, you know, in large part, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, you got to go with what's going on right now, right? So... Well, Kalen, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on, and uh, good luck to your family and Jaron as the season unfolds. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys, and uh, you guys have a blessed day. There's Kalen Hall, former BYU running back. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.